0: We're officially recording. What is up, freaks? Welcome to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent for another edition of Rabbit Hole Recap. We're in a very, very foreign studio here, on the roof at the Bitcoin 2019 conference. Uh, we've got some uh, what is that? Angels Envy, Angels Angels Envy, courtesy of Storms over here. Thank you. And we've got we've got three guests with us this week. Two recurring guests here, in Pierre Rochard and Bitcoin Sangai. Thanks for coming on, guys, and a new guest, Francis Paulette. Matt, do we have a price?
1: Everyone, open your favorite Bitcoin app and market buy Bitcoin right now. Maybe we can, maybe we can push that price up before we quote it. <laughs> I do not have a price. Can someone yell out a price? Thirteen two fifty. That is cheap as fuck.
0: How fast can we get a block height from somebody? Block height. Anybody? 580,000,
1: I don't know. Not enough. All right,
0: whatever. We'll go on without the block height this week. Thank you for joining us on the roof here. What an incredible week. This has been incredible conference by the BTC Media guys. Let's give a hand for those guys. (laughs) Bringing together some beautiful Bitcoiners. Uh, For you freaks who are not uh, abreast of what we do here, this is our weekly topical show, Rabbit Hole Recap, so we're going to spit on some ideas, or excuse me, some topics that have been... Uh, in the news last week, first up, we got the Financial Action Task Force has officially released their guidelines. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on these guidelines? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it's important. A lot of people are worried about those guidelines in particular, but I think what uh, people have to realize, they're only guidelines. They haven't been implemented. They're, they're only suggestions, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it should be expected. Like, we should expect them to crack down hard. Uh, on, on all of all, all of these private technologies. Like, if you're able to move money around the world, they're going to crack down on it.
2: I don't think they're cracking down on it, though. Like, from what I read, they don't have to change any laws, and the U.S. is already, like, following those those guidelines. So they don't need to pass any additional legislation, and, like, the existing AML is fine. What I found interesting was a comment that the next chairman of that financial action, blah, 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 is... Uh, from China and they're probably going to have a very different approach to regulation than the
1: US has
2: uh, as the chairman. So we'll see. I think that they'll get more draconian, but this wasn't it.
1: But don't they have a uh, don't they require you to know who you're sending Bitcoin to? Isn't that one of the
2: that might be FUD uh, fact
1: check it? Check, check, check. I don't know. I was thinking like you could just if you were like a Coinbase or something, just
3: check off. Uh, sorry about that. Storm. Any lawyers here? I can provide some insight on Canada, which is uh, really all I know about. And uh, I mean, we've been talking to Canadian, uh, the the process of passing new legislation and bringing it to regulation and enforcing it is very long. It's a very long product cycle, I guess, to to regulate. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I've been dealing with other Bitcoin companies with the Canadian Ministry of Finance, with uh, FinTrack, with the uh, CRA, and uh, I cannot assess what the impact of FACTA is on us because, I mean, I, I'm not accountable to FACTA. I'm a Canadian citizen. I'm accountable to my own regulators and my own politicians. And, I mean, if FACTA is going to tell them that what they've been doing for the last six years, trying to regulate this as, uh, as money in the Canadian uh, email context is, is, not, is not right, and whatever they did as enforcement measures is not right, well, I mean, that's going to be an issue between uh, Canada and FACTA. But so far, I mean, I don't see any indication of any change from the Canadian regulators. And it's... It's been completely absent from the discourse other than people seem to be worried on it on social media. I think what's
0: important to note, it's like an unelected bureaucratic system, right? So it's, it's just guidelines. I
3: don't even know what fact that I, I kind of know what it is, but I don't know these people. No. Near do I? It's like 30 I didn't vote for those people. No, it's like 38 <laughs> countries have band together to
0: Where do to I agree complain? Where do I complain Apparently, You, to have, get a, you have to go to France. That's can where I, it starts. Can I
3: write to my factor representative?
0: Yeah, I, you can speak French, so I think you can uh
3: <laughs> I definitely have an advantage because it's probably some European <laughs> elitist club that's based in Liechtenstein or something. Yeah. So,
0: fatfa. Fud. Fud at this point. I think I'm going to call it fud. I'll
3: believe it when I see
0: it. I will tell. Um, what do we got next on the list? Iran. Let's go to Iran. It came i've read about this this morning it looks like some mosque in iran are mining bitcoin right now apparently uh the mosque are afforded uh free energy uh, for being religious places and somebody uh, posted a picture online of a mosque with a bitcoin mining operation in there i believe they said they was making about two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year in usd
1: i mean if you have if you have energy if you have subsidies that can be exploded on your energy like they're going to be exploited i mean we saw guys uh, mining with a six in their trunk uh, in Germany because uh, electric vehicles got free energy So he was just like I'm just gonna plug into this electric vehicle point I mean people there's probably plenty of people here that did it in their dorm rooms dorm rooms are notoriously uh, You know electricity's included so that's gonna happen and then the other thing I kind of like about this is um, Pierre and and bitstein have been major proponents of turning Bitcoin into a religion, which I think has a lot of benefits for us in America. <laughs> Pierre, what do we need
0: to do to get to uh, religion status?
1: Well, if Bitcoin if was a religion, then we wouldn't have to
2: pay capital taxes, right? Like, could. it'd be great. Um, I, I don't have anything to add to the mosque uh, situation. I don't know. God being the
4: source of all energy in the universe, a uh, mosque seems like a good place to mine Bitcoin to me.
1: agree. <laughs> and we also have uh, the the increased Iranian sanctions. Yeah, I
0: think that's important to note right now with the dick flexing on the geopolitical level that's going on right now. Trump is is tightening the sanctions on Iran, and this is a perfect example of Bitcoin being able to route around that. Um, So they're mining in mosque in Iran. Bitcoin is expanding its roots.
3: And uh, one thing about uh, the Iranian situation is that for many, many years, you know, people ask me, like, what's the uh, the trigger for for you, like, thinking hey, hyper-Bitcoinization is coming, like, what's the one event? And the, the one event that I always talk about is international petroleum shipments that are settled in Bitcoin. Because uh, I think what this is the situation with international trade is showing is that you are kind of irresponsible if you are a exporting nation or exporting company and you don't have like a little stash of Bitcoin in case you need to make like an urgent payment to a contractor somewhere for your fleet of huge trucks to or from the guy to repair their pipeline or anything like that. Like if you need to make a payment on the fly to some, you know, quote unquote, like uh, maybe sanctioned country somewhere. Uh, they're going to start to think about their shareholders a lot more than those those sanctions. And uh, I, I can't wait to see that happening. And I can't wait for Bitcoin to be harassed in the news as uh, a, a tool used by these countries to circumvent, because that's going to be the biggest like, bullish buy signal for, for institutions and people all over the place. They're going to see, well, if they're able to circumvent international U.S. sanctions, I mean, maybe this thing actually does what it says it does.
0: Moon? Moon. Speaking of Moon, people have been stacking sats hard this week. We've had a, a big price pump and uh, one of the big things around price bumps is narratives around it. People were going on Twitter looking at Google search trends here in the States for Bitcoin to buy Bitcoin. And it seems like uh, nobody's been searching that here on Google at least. But uh, somebody, I forget who it was I wrote about this morning, some names uh, slipping my mind. Baidu? But, that's not his name. Baidu is the the Chinese search engine, <laughs> the equivalent to Google. There you go. Didn't slip uh, his mind, guys. That's good. And uh, so in, in China, apparently Baidu, they're Google. The searches for buy Bitcoin and Bitcoin have like six X over the last three months. So with everything going on in Hong Kong with the trade wars, there's a lot of people speculating that this might be a cause for for upwards Bitcoin price pressure. Let's take it to the uh, to the to the guest here.
1: And Hong Kongers are also they're. out. They're out and about today, right? They're protesting right now.
4: A good point that Nick Carter made today was that as Bitcoin gains the mainstream, search trends will be a decaying indicator of sentiment. As, you know, people don't need to search what is Bitcoin anymore.
2: Have searches for Bitcoin price moved any? I don't know. I haven't looked at that.
3: And uh, 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 I'm going to give a shout out to Bitcoin Tina. We had a talk about this uh, this morning and uh, the talk was um, so, so the, ar- the the argument, I think, framed around the Google searches is that, oh, it must be a false pump driven by something nefarious somewhere that's causing this, because clearly if we don't see the Google searches it means that it's not organic demand. But if you look at the market right now and the liquidity on the order books and the fact that a lot of people, it's hard to get your hands on. It's, it's hard to get your hands on Bitcoins. I mean, realistically, if If you get, like, 100 or 200 Wall Street guys to each put, like, 5 to 10 million, uh, they don't need to, as you said, they don't need to, 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 to Google, like, what is Bitcoin? Like, a lot of these people have made up their mind a long time ago. They were preparing their logistics. They were preparing their custody. They were preparing a bunch of stuff. And now, like me, and a lot of people at this conference have told me, I thought we had more time to accumulate. Fuck, all this time I spent not... Like preparing my wallet and f- doing all that stuff, like, ah, uh, and now they're FOMOing in. And uh, so the, the Google searches are irrelevant because at this point, like a, a, a couple of hundreds, a few hundreds, like committed holders all over the world that were waiting for the right time and went in and FOMOing each other in. Uh, that's organic buys too. The, the searches are irrelevant.
1: I mean, I don't know about you guys, but every time I open Google, I search what is Bitcoin. Just uh, boost that number and all you guys, you should do that too. It's important as Bitcoin. It's
0: very important to pump the stats. We need to pump the stats whenever go. we can.
1: Everybody go
0: tweet. <laughs> Everybody Google Bitcoin. And that was that was a
1: thing. Wasn't that Rod's thing early in the year? No, like nobody's tweeting about Bitcoin? Yeah, that tweet tracker doesn't work at BitInfoCharts. Don't use that. Yeah. It doesn't work.
0: All right. Um, on to announcements. Been a lot of announcements this week. I want to start with cold card. Um, the air gapped multisig stuff they're working on. So Cold Card, for you freaks don't know, it's uh, run by uh, Rodolfo Novak. He's been making very good hardware for Bitcoiners everywhere. And Cold Card in particular is probably the creme de la creme of hardware while it's out there right now and they're they're working to make it so that Bitcoiners can do multi sig and uh, air gap security pretty easily.
1: It's native native air gap multisig and that's like exactly what we fucking want, right? Yeah.
0: Um, And that's so that's saying like Bitcoin, obviously custody is one of the big questions, privacy. When you're using these custody devices, it seems like this is a step in the direction to help Bitcoin security and privacy for individual Bitcoin users. Any thoughts on the panel?
3: Um, I I obviously can't give technical expertise about the call card, uh, but call card is one of the few companies that I would ever promote. Because I know that Rodolfo built the coal card for himself and that uh, uh, as a friend and people in his entourage, uh, it, they have put such an amazing amount of dedication to making this the most secure piece of hardware like ever designed. Uh, I think we, we should pay a lot more attention to how they approach the hardware space because even though it's not as well marketed or well sold or, or uh, user friendly as the others, I think they're really paving the way for secure hardware and like, we should just look into it a l- more.
4: Also at this point, I want to give a shout out to Moritz Moritz, 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 Moritz. Moritz, 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 who's now designing a new hardware wallet and increasing the decentralization of that aspect of our industry. So kudos to you my friend. Yeah, kudos All to you. All the more. best. Everyone get his shit when it comes out.
3: It's out, it's out. Yeah, I got to run down I got to run down on that earlier. It looks really fucking cool. And, and on a more technical note, uh, what was really mm-hmm. missing from the hardware wallet space was the ability to have automated signing of Bitcoin transactions which are n- required for lightning and for CoinJoin, for example and mm-hmm. other uh, second layer schemes that are using Bitcoin transactions as as, uh, as uh, the anchor. Um, so the ability that is being developed and is consciously being looked at by the hardware wallet designers and the new interest in this space uh, to make that a reality is going to massively increase the security for enterprise usage of Lightning and CoinJoin. Um, so the hardware wallet space is like, it's pretty exciting. Uh, and, and and really, uh, the, the amount of innovation in Bitcoin that's happening, I, I, like on the security, device side is fantastic.
1: I mean, I just want to point out that uh, Rodolfo is really the first person to launch a new hardware wallet that wasn't based on just having as many shitcoins coins as possible. Yes. And I, I think that's really important. I think like you need to have focus. Um, we're talking about securing, you know, multi-generational wealth and, and you should do it properly. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't be trying to add like every fucking shitcoin coin in the book.
0: I would agree, and let's give another shout out to Rodolfo, one of the first uh, people on Earth to send uh, private keys via ham radio wave.
1: There you go. Yeah.
0: Um, no hardware wallet—it's important, like, and it's actually a scary space right now. Like Ledger and Trezor attacking each other—it's like you, you.
1: I love it. I love that they attack each other. I want them to just go to town. What is—it's as
0: people trying to educate? Like you're like, hey, this is secure, and then you find out eh, it's not really that secure at all.
4: Also on the topic of the meta security of your hardware wallets. This week, Ragnar unveiled guns in Bitcoin, the Bitcoin case. I, uh, I think it's called the Scorpion. Ragnar, if you're out there, thank you for that product, man. Everyone go get one. Remember meta security, friends. Can you elaborate on meta security, please? Meta security. Your coins may be safe on your hardware wallet, but is your hardware wallet secure? Consider this. Consider, this. Consider this. Nobody's talking about this. <laughs>
3: you, you are infinitely hey, more likely to lose your- Hardware wallets are
0: not meant for nature's pocket. Yes, and remember that's, that- That's why they rounded the end of the
4: open dime.
3: <laughs> uh, th- th- actually, true story. Um, but uh, uh, remember that you're, you're a lot more likely to lose your, becon- uh, your, your mnemonic or get it stole, stolen from a, a loved one or someone in your space, uh, than getting hacked by some remote hacker somewhere else. So don't forget that you're a human in meat space and be aware of your surroundings. Like, like it's it's not just you know crypto security that's preventing something. It's it's usually very very close to you. And so, it, uh, yeah. that's like an
2: evil maid attack. Um, I think that I'll I'll, I'll one up you on the attack. I think social attacks uh, hack more people than anything else and um, hack their imagination with some uh, altcoin pipe dreams.
1: How, how many people do you think are at this conference are, are wearing a wire?
0: We're recording this live, so they're going to hear everything anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for, for you guys worried about social attacks, I would go read uh, Michael Bitz, Dean's Everyone's a Scammer. It's a, it's a timeless piece that, that really made this clear. Um, And and I should add the the
3: most influential piece of writing for me probably ever.
0: That? Everyone's a scammer? He's got a nice soundtrack to go with it too, a nice western song. You hit play, you read through that. Let's give a shout out to Pierre's co-host, Michael Michael Goldstein. What a legend. Um, Speaking of legends, this is true. We should talk about this actually first.
2: Yeah, um, Michael Goldstein is known for uh, spear leading the uh, carnivory movement within Bitcoin, uh, which has made a lot of people in this city very uncomfortable, Um, but uh, Michael's from Texas. So I think that people should take it into the cultural context and respect his background and experiences.
4: In the words of a friend, Texas, the last place. The last place that changes you before you can change it
3: i w- I, w- I was not a carnivore before uh, uh, bitstein did the, the carnivore movement and everybody kept confusing me with pierre saying hey you're a carnivore like you like, i'm not i'm not a carnivore and, and then eventually i started to to uh, not only be a carnivore but eat a lot more meat and take a lot of pride and cook a lot more meat and i have to say i feel much better and fantastic and uh, uh, I'm not going to cut down on the carbs because bread is delicious uh, and pasta is fantastic. I agree. Uh, uh, however, eating more meat has definitely improved my life and grass fed butter is the key to happiness. All
0: right. Question here. How, my, how many Bitcoin would we have to pay Michael Goldstein to eat an impossible steak? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty? Not even for Bitcoin? Wow. That's dedication. Dedication to the craft there. <laughs> We've got all right. all right. On to the next topic. We got here. Oh okay. yeah. Speaking of legends, Snowden today in the panel here, when he live streamed in, he admitted that he used Bitcoin uh, to send the the data across servers. He paid somebody to send Bitcoin uh, when he when he did the big NSA uh, release. So I think that was the first time that ever came to light. Is this true?
1: I mean, what else would he use? <laughs> <laughs> Snowden's a big PayPal bull. He's, a very, he's very much a PayPal bull. He was a Zcash bull there
0: for a while, too.
1: Yeah, I, ha- I have actually a DM that he never responded to that was four paragraphs why he shouldn't support D- Zcash.
0: What, what were your reasons?
1: It was, it was mostly, like, organizational structure, right? Like, literally what Snowden showed us is that you can't have faith in U.S. corporations. Like, U.S. corporations will bend the knee. They have no choice. And, uh, you know, so take that into your threat model. And, yeah. and that's how I that's how I treated Zcash like from the beginning. It was just super naive.
0: Yeah. Um, you guys have any thoughts on Snowden using Bitcoin?
3: No? I have thoughts on everything all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just recorded a podcast earlier. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, so Snowden said something that was a little, I th- I find it contradictory in his logic, which was that he. Do remember him saying that there was selective privacy and opt-in privacy was was problematic? It, Privacy should not be opt-in, it should be by default, and you, so, so, so it was along those lines, I don't remember, I think he called it selective privacy, which I agree with totally, I mean, privacy is the right to selectively yourself, uh, so, selectively receive, reveal yourself to the world uh, on your own terms and your own time, but uh, doesn't Zcash, like, have, you need to have those. Yeah, it's innately some, not some private. Some special transaction yeah, that, that the, Z the, 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 the people don't use. I, I, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, this is this is actually another important point to bring but up. Like Ethereum, Zcash is making Zcash 2.0 as well. <sighs> I think they're trying to extend the uh, the dev reward there. Is that what they're doing it for? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares.
1: <laughs> what is Bitcoin doing? Are we going to have a Bitcoin 2.0?
0: <laughs> we'll never know.
1: We'll
0: never know. Well, we may know one day.
1: We're already, living, we're already living in Bitcoin 2.0. Is that what Bcash is? No. no. <laughs> Bitcoin point two five. That's actually...
0: I don't want to shit on Ethereum too hard, but do you guys I have thoughts on uh, Ethereum basically giving up an Ethereum 1.X or whatever they're calling it and, and making a whole new
2: chain in Ethereum
1: 2.0? These three have a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah,
2: so um, uh, Vitalik tagged me in a thread on Twitter <laughs> and uh, asked for my thoughts on, on Ethereum 2.0, so I did go and read about Ethereum 2.0, which I guess I regret in hindsight, but... Um, uh, it basically came down to um, how to enforce monetary policy, right? And Bitcoin's way of enforcing monetary policy is very straightforward, whereas the way he was explaining to me uh, was very complex and involved uh, new uh, fraud proofs. And I'm not technical enough to know fraud proofs. Uh, maybe Paul Stork here would have some ideas on fraud proofs and whether they'll be included in Ethereum 2.0. Oh
5: my God. How much, you know, how, how, okay, all right. Paul, take
0: as long as you need.
5: <laughs> to explain Ethereum, <laughs> Ethereum fraud proofs? Oh my God. <laughs> Who knows what. No, I wrote a 46 page thing about Bitcoin pro- fraud proofs, but I don't know about Well, What will Ethereum include? They'll include everything. They'll put everything in, they'll throw everything. They'll have ghosts, they'll have proof of stake, they'll have some inflation, but not too much. They'll have sharding, they'll have everything. Everything will be in Ethereum 2.0. Yeah, apparently Ethereum Everything you could solved. even dream. Things that you didn't even know that you didn't want, you'll, you'll have.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you, I thought you were asking me about Ethereum frog <laughs> Panic and leave.
0: Paul, why don't you give us a quick explainer why proof of stake is not uh, as secure as proof of work at possible. Oh, well,
5: no, that's actually, that's not what I'm really famous. For. I'm famous for saying it w- even if you got it to work, it would waste just as many resources in the economy, and that's... That's really what I do believe because you're auctioning off the next block really. The next block is worth a certain amount of cryptocurrency and that has a market price and so it's basically the block is worth a certain amount of fiat currency you just multiply. And so it's as if someone's auctioning off fifteen thousand dollars or something. And so what's the what's the price going to be when someone's auctioning this off? It's like auctioning off a briefcase full of fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> it will go for it'll go for basically fourteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Basically, and so no matter what scheme you use, it's going to waste the same amount of resources. And then, so yeah, the proof of stake thing is even more pointless than you could, can you could have possibly imagined. But in addition to being pointless, it's totally broken and has never been demonstrated to work. The whole thing is like a scheme to trick yet another generation of people. What's really uh, truly crazy about it, like one final comment, is that for Ethereum, it's always like three months away. It's been three months away ever since. I remember at Scaling One, I made this joke. I made the same joke in September 2015 uh, that it was like three months away and then three months away again. And then that was back in 2015. And yeah, it is negative. Yeah, I'm going to
0: shield my negative Lindy effect thread. It's been going on for almost two years now. Um, So their next, their next deadline that they set is the 11th uh, anniversary of the Genesis block. So January 3rd is the next deadline we have to hold them to. The,
3: The ultimate lesson is do not listen to us for financial advice because Paul did this (laughs) <laughs> Very short rant, but imagine like an hour and a half of it and I just listened to it It's summer 2015 yeah. and, Paul, and following that, we developed a thesis that of course Ethereum will never work and of course it's going to zero as soon as it launches because no idiot would ever buy into that fucking shitcoin. And we were mining Ethereum with GPUs in our basement because we had the competitive advantage of being insiders, which is how cryptocurrency bullshit works. Because we were on the forums and we were looking at it, and like, we had a techie guy that installed the, the Ethereum GPU on some the the the, 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 G, the, the old GPUs we had from Bitcoins uh, that would tick out of the closet, and and we were selling it for like one dollar, laughing our asses off, like <laughs> this, who the fuck is gonna buy this? And uh, don't listen to us ever for financial advice. No, not financial advice. Let's give a shout out to Paul. Go check out truthcoin.info. He's the only
0: man who writes two-hour blogs that would sit down and read. Um, so thank you for your service. Um, E2.0, next deadline we have to look at January 3rd, 2020. Uh, Let's get positive. Ooh, here's a good topic. We got a new maintainer of Bitcoin Core. Michael Ford uh, was named co-maintainer joining four others. Uh, Vladimir, not Vanderlaan, uh, Schnelli, Falk, and
2: Dobson. Um, Pierre, you're probably more. Well, uh, yeah, he's awesome. And um little known fact about him, he runs a farm in Australia. <laughs> That's his. <laughs> he, yeah, his day job is farming. And uh, he moonlights as a Bitcoin Core uh, contributor and uh, he's just a, a great person to have on the team.
1: Wait, like a, a mining farm or like an actual farm? No, like an actual farm. farm. No, 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 no.
2: Yeah. I've heard from James O'Byrne.
1: An actual farm? Yeah. I've heard, okay. I've heard from James
0: me. O'Byrne that he's like the fastest to, to give feedback on, on pull requests when, when
2: they get had. Yeah, uh, anytime someone opens a pull request, he's, he's the person who tags it to kind of triage where it's going to go, and uh, I don't know, like, he's on a separate time zone, but that doesn't still explain why he's up 24-7 doing this while operating an actual farm. Any word if he's related
4: to Henry Ford? As, as really the Bitcoin core process is the furthest thing from Fordism. Insofar as Bitcoin evolves organically and in an emergent fashion, Ford was highly platonic top-down fascist.
0: We got the wind here. I think uh, I think we're down to open it up to, to audience questions. I don't
1: know. I don't think Ford was a fascist. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna put that one out there. I don't know um, enough like, of his history to. to I, I'm I'm, so, a, yeah. I'm happy with Ford. I think he was like good American. He just made a lot of money. He just said <laughs> he had a good idea. You know, it was good. It was good. It was yeah. good. Quality.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, cool. something we only do on live shows, and unless you're willing to pay fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin to get a shout out on the podcast, we did this in January our 10th anniversary show. We open up up questions questions. to the audience. So if anybody, you have questions out there that you want to ask this panel in particular, let's jump into it. First question, here we go.
2: How good is Libra? Libra? (laughs) Sell your Bitcoin, buy Libra.
1: (laughs) Libra the standard.
4: I heard a Harvard economist say that Libra would obviously take Bitcoin down to zero. So must
3: be true. true, 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 Goodbye, guys. guys. I uh, refuse to care. Yeah.
1: Go ahead, man. It's bullshit, right? It's not even gonna fucking launch. The, he went too bold, he like tried to be a central bank right from the get-go. He should've done he should've done pegged he should have done pegged fiat, just done USD stablecoin, and then decided to be a central bank after the fact. Instead he went straight central bank. He's proving why decentralization is important, why you need distribution. And and they're going to fucking throw the book at him. They're just going to fucking destroy him. They hate Facebook. Everyone in government hates Facebook. They shouldn't have let it. They fucked it up. And they're going to, you know, it'll... it'll, I don't even think it's going to launch. I think it's just all bullshit. I think
2: something really positive came out of it, though, on CNBC. Yeah, Joe Kernan, who is a commentator and anchor on CNBC, uh, his first reaction to Libra was, this isn't a cryptocurrency. Like th- this isn't decentralized. What the fuck are you guys doing? Can we swear out here? I don't see any kids around. Um, but uh, and and then he got a very positive response from that on uh, Bitcoin Twitter, and now he's become a Bitcoin evangelist and he's on national television pumping Bitcoin, thanks to Libra and Mark Zuckerberg, who's probably just trying to be vindictive against the Winklevi twins.
5: Th- that
2: isn't. Yeah,
3: Mark Zuckerberg owns Bitcoin. Oh well, he does now. Yeah, for sure. Joe definitely owns Bitcoin. Well, if if he didn't, his advice and we would be meaningless.
0: Well, I saw he's tweeting out. He's reading the blockchain revolution. So let's hold on on Oops. on our applause of Joe right now. But uh, now Libra, yeah, Libra. definitely overtly coming at the the uh, Winklevoss twins and their Gemini product. It's it's
3: pretty overt. But I, I I'm so confused by how people react to these things because like. This is a basket of, crypt, of of national currencies, which is traded, and it's, 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 it's not novel. It's not going to tr- go up in price. It's no. It's not novel. It's like an SDR, basically. It is the SDR. The IMF? Yeah, the IMF. They invented this. Well, they are for sh- I don't know what they are incorporated as, but they are incorporated in some country as something, and they invented this the ultimate fucking shitcoin, which is the, the basket of national currencies that, that that has crazy backdoor politics with like uh, international leverage with war and death and all sorts of garbage. And like Facebook's like, I'm going to tokenize this. <laughs> no, and it's I fuck it's, off. it's patently absurd. Because OK, it might. OK, it might be better. Uh, it might be easier to buy Bitcoin with Libra if this thing ever exists because it looks like a press release I, uh, I don't yeah, like yeah, a yeah. but like it, it might be better to buy Bitcoin with Libra because uh, the the, f- the whatever organization is gonna do its KYC before and have all the friction there and then once you have that coin whose fiat reversibly bank payment has been cleared and then they can go into buy Bitcoin maybe it's gonna help Bitcoin but it's profoundly marginally innovative and uninteresting
0: and the, uh, I'm pretty sure the ECB's come out ardently against it. And there's going to be a finance committee meeting on it in July 16th, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think, so I think that the harder governments crack down on Libra, the more it shows the value that Bitcoin has. So uh, if you're going to be voting in this election, uh, I don't know if Maxine Waters is getting reelected, but uh, vote for Maxine Waters. She's the uh, chairperson of the uh, House Finance Committee or Senate Committee, anyway. She's the one who uh, wants to crack down on Libra, so she has my full support.
4: I think that the most interesting thing about the Libra announcement is the fact that corporations now openly wink or acknowledge even that we are in the post-political era, that the official discourse of monetary policy has been foreclosed, it no longer belongs to the central bankers, no more than, say, the discourse on free expression and free speech belongs to the first amendment. It belongs to large social platforms now and the internet cloud. And and they acknowledge it. They acknowledge it. They'll take the they'll take the money. They'll take the money too.
0: Are you preparing to say something?
1: A Libra. <laughs> I I think we're officially at five drinks, Matt. I think Libra the standard is going to happen. No, I I, I just think that it is a big deal. I think that they are trying to be a central bank. It is a big deal. And this is exactly why, like, decentralization is important. That's why we want, you know, as as distributed, we want as many people. All you motherfuckers came to the conference. You came to a Bitcoin conference. You paid them $300 you can buy a nodal for $400. So you have no excuse. You have no excuse. You should be running a fucking node. You should be, b- like like Bitcoin is us fucking them, right?
0: Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, let's speak to the man that's trying to help people run nodes easier, Pierre Rochard here with your here we node go. launcher. Can we get uh, an update on the node launcher? Yo, yo Pierre,
1: when tour.
2: Yeah, so uh, Master Branch now has Tor on by default, and so our next release will have that where it'll start start Tor, it'll start Bitcoin D, it'll start LND, and uh, by default you'll have privacy. Um, so we'll see how it, it behaves in the wild. Uh, send us bug reports and whatnot. Um, new release will be out in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then after that, I really want to focus on hardware wallet integration. I think that that's... Uh, become a a very important part of the day-to-day Bitcoiner uh, experience is sending money from and to a hardware wallet. So um, there are really good uh, programs out there. Electrum is fantastic, Um, but I think that there's opportunities with Lightning specifically to be able to open channels directly from a hardware wallet and closing them to a hardware wallet um, rather than having to also have a hot on-chain wallet on your computer.
1: I think that's really a big deal, right? Like we need we need hardware wallet support for for lightning, uh, and and the issue is that you need it to be online to sign, right? Like you need it to sign any kind of channel changes.
2: Yeah. So second, shout out to Moritz uh, who is working on a yeah, hardware yeah. wallet that um, will essentially function like um, an HSM that you would have on right. on a motherboard or whatever, um, which would allow you to yes be signing in a automated manner uh, messages and uh, transactions, uh, which you need to be doing for Lightning. You can't uh, run Lightning from a cold wallet, and that's one of its...
1: But what's even better is that they, they enable it remotely, right? So so you basically have to you have to compromise two locations. Like yeah. if you want to compromise that Lightning node. I mean, the, the, the big issue for us, I think, is for routing nodes, right? I mean, if we look at this stage right now, we have like 4% of Lightning network. Is on is is on the stage right now, right? So um, I mean I mean it's mostly you, Pierre. It's mostly you. Like you're the you're the fucking Lightning boss, right? Like that's where we came in.
2: I think some of the metrics can be misleading. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah there you go. But
2: uh, I do I do agree that I don't think that it's a hardware issue right now that is the bottleneck on uh, Lightning network growth. Um, I think that it's a mostly education and uh, it's a very, like you have to understand Bitcoin very well in order to understand lightning very well. Um, and it exposed gaps in my own Bitcoin knowledge where I had to understand how inputs and outputs work better than I had in the past. Um, and a lot of these different new opcodes related to time locking. So it's like you've got to learn a lot to um become comfortable with the trust model of Lightning and understand what its trade-offs are and then uh, be willing to participate uh, as a routing node. So hopefully we'll have more uh, whales like Ellen Big, just um, he, I mean, it's, to me it's kind of annoying that people have given him grief. Um, it's Matt,
1: it's me, it's mostly me. I've been giving him grief. I know, I'm just
2: you right now, yeah. Uh,
1: you're subtweeting me on my podcast. This is what you're doing. Absolutely. I love you. I love you. I appreciate that. Th- that's I, the nice part
2: of being an influencer.
1: You know, I like Ellen Biggs. He's in my DMs. I've been DMing Ellen Biggs. Or, or, or her. I, I, or I wish, eggs. yeah,
2: I wish there were more Ellen Biggs. And I think that um, if we want Bitcoin to scale over the coming decades, because we have like if we if we want to continue using Bitcoin with the sa- same trust model we currently have um, and not have it become decentralized, de-centra- um, we need to uh, push Lightning forward. Even though it's kind of premature and people complain about, oh, you know, I'm not spending, I'm not spending day to day. I'm using my credit card, so why would I need to be on Lightning? Well, because one day you're going to want to have uh, Bitcoin payments and have that scale. Um, so there's a lot of work to be done on Lightning, and I'm very excited about what's been done but so far.
1: Part of the reason I, I like I have issues because Bitcoiners we we care, right? So so we we say it's reckless. You don't want to uh, trade. Uh, you, you don't want to 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 be on Lightning because it's reckless, right? But the altcoiners are saying. Like you know, buy Tron, buy bullshit, right? So they're already being way more reckless than us. Like we're like to saying the trade-offs, and they're just fucking going for it. And then I feel like for Bitcoiners, like we should just run Lightning Notes, you know, run them through Tor. Uh, help help. Add Focus on to decentralization,
0: security, and robustness. Run
1: CoinJoin, right? Yeah. Like coin join the fuck out of all of your coins like fuck them like let's just fucking go for it guys like i i, I you you say to me oh well, will coin join transactions be illegal well if coin join transactions are illegal then we're fucked as bitcoiners like if you have bitcoin you're fucked it's worthless like if, if i can't spend an anonymous bitcoin transaction then you're fucked it doesn't matter if you're on a coinbase or whatever it, do, it it doesn't fucking matter, right? Do we agree? I agree.
3: Do we all agree. No. It, it doesn't matter if coin join is illegal or not at all It's possible. to be to be a coin join coordinator there's there's different methods of coin join, right? There's coordination like Wasabi and Whirlpool and there's like the uh, order book version, joint market, but coin join is not illegal. And if they do make coin join illegal one day, it will be the day I disappear and you never see me again. And then another CoinJoin service pops up somewhere in some other country because CoinJoin can only be blocked by censoring services physically, by going into their, their place of business and showing off the servers. It is a software that suggests Bitcoin transactions to the users. Hey, you, you all want to mix your UTXOs? This is, a, this is a really nice transaction for you to do that. And if, if you want to do it, you can just all sign it. It does include a little, a little fee for myself, of course, but it will it will allow you to collaborate with other people around the world you've never met and you will never see again and you'll never do. And it's beautiful and magical. And I think in like 10 years, 15 years, Harvard, MIT, uh, Wharton will be teaching the coin joint coordination model as the first truly decentralized, bankless business model, uh, scalable and works. And it's so beautiful to see. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay.
0: Gentlemen, we have a two-minute warning here. Let's end it on the most bullish comments we can. I'll start. My ex-employer, Barstool Sports, uh, wrote their first Bitcoin article in many months, uh, five days ago. And that's a very bullish sign in my mind.
2: Okay. okay. Um, 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 It's probably going to correct, right?
1: (laughs) No, we're just going to the moon. That's what's happening.
4: Uh, I think I told Marty before that I have a sailboat. So today I'm announcing uh, concierge boating accidents.
0: White club.
1: <laughs> Yo, yeah, Bitcoiners should really take some boating lessons because I feel like a lot of us, like, we, like, capsize. It's just bad. You know, like, why? Why? We learn how to boat.
0: We got to learn how to boat. Francis, do you have anything to end on here?
3: Um, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to say anything. Uh, well... Uh, in, in, in CypherNode, uh, we're gonna integrate a uh, Wasabi daemon in CypherNode to give a web API for uh, startups that want to accept Bitcoin payments, to have uh, them accepted directly in Wasabi daemon. And uh, CypherNode.io, if you're developing a web app, uh, this allows you to uh, run your own uh, enterprise-grade backend that we've used in BullBitcoin for the last year and a half, and all of our volume is going through CypherNode so I can assure you that it works. And uh, you don't ever have to rely on a third-party Bitcoin API like uh, some of the conference sponsors, BitGo, Coinbase, BitBay, blockchain info, all these guys. Just trust your own self. Bang, bang.
1: I, I, I want everyone, first of all, Six drink you mat. should all be fucking. We're at we're a at like seven drink mat. And <laughs> honestly, guys, I expected 15K per Bitcoin. So like, fuck you all, first of all. So like we, we, we get down with that. Care about your fucking privacy guys. Like fucking coin join. Let's coin join. Everyone should coin join. Don't give me the bullshit about coin joins being illegal. Like they can make Bitcoin illegal. We're not gonna fucking do that. Like that's not allowed. Okay? And then the second thing is like just be a good person. You know? Like let's let's Hold all be door. good people to Hold each other. Hold the door. Honestly, this 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 week this week has been amazing. All you guys have come up to me. You're like we're all part of this revolution together, and I I believe I believe that's what we are. We have soldiers around the world, so let's do this, and and, and care about your privacy. Let's do this. You know? All
0: right, that's all we got tonight, freaks. Peace and love.
1: Stay humble, stay okay. sad.
2: ¡Gracias!
4: Parker Lewis, please report to the principal's office.